everyone, this is the Loose Cannon, David McBee, and welcome back to our second episode of This is the XFL 2020 Podcast Show. I'm joined by my co-host. I wasn't able to be on here last week, but now he's back, and he's better than ever, the one and only Joey the Dragon Shaw. Thanks for that introduction there, Loose Cannon. It's glad to, I am glad to be here. Looking forward to talking about the XFL follow him. Uh, this season and all the action and uh, excitement that we have ahead of us. Well, man, I was checking the calendar before we got on the show and February 8th is just around the corner. I mean, we're looking at just a little over two months away from the start of the XFL. I'm getting pumped. It's starting to become real. That's right. It's not far along. I said, uh, before you know it, Christmas is going to be here. Christmas is going to be done and over. And then we're going to be off to, seeing the kickoff for the XFL. Well, man, a big week in the last week. Uh, of course, the previous week, uh, we had the reveal of the XFL football, uh, which was really exciting. And we'll talk a little bit later about some of the results of the poll that we ran last week. Uh, but this week, uh, uniforms were revealed. And, man, I got to say, I was really happy. Good coverage of the uh, XFL, the debut of the uniforms. I know it's like on ESPN, they had a great, they had some great coverage, which is good to see because with the original XFL, it was almost treated like, hey, it's professional wrestling. They did, they wouldn't cover it. And the coverage was so negative, but ESPN put together a pretty good clip about the rollout of the uniforms showing they're excited. Uh, maybe that's because they're actually broadcasting the games this time. Might have something to do with it. But yeah, I think uh, the media did a great job uh, releasing the uniforms. Like I said, I've seen a lot of stuff uh, on social media. And, uh, you know, I've seen some great videos on YouTube. And, of course, if you go to XFL's website, uh, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of photos, a lot of information there on the uniforms. But, yeah, I thought it was an excellent rollout of the uniforms. They all look great. The colors are amazing on all the uniforms. Well, and speaking, you know, and we'll kind of go through a couple of the different uniforms, uh, but I, I want to talk about a team we're going to be covering a lot this year. Of course, we're in North Central Arkansas, so we're going to cover a lot of the St. Louis Battlehawks. And the uh, Battlehawks, I was really interested, you know, because you hear the name Battlehawks. What, what would the uniforms look like for a Battlehawk? But, uh, you know, St. Louis ended up having a – it's a kind of a royal gray and navy uh, color uniform. It's got a streak of blue, a flash of chrome. And uh, I, I thought it was—I uh, thought it was pretty good. It has a blade of iron and wings of blue steel on it. Looks like they are ready to take flight. They are. Uh, those are some really nice-looking uniforms. And you said it; they are ready for flight. I think uh, I watched the video of theirs, and that's another thing. There's, it's real cool. Besides uniforms, it's the videos that every team has put together. I did watch the St. Louis's uh, video, and they're saying, "Prepare for fight. Prepare to fight." And then it goes on, but you got to check it out. You can see it on YouTube. Well, overall, I mean, if I was the rating, I'll ask you your rating. I would probably give the Battlehawk uniform probably an 8 out of 10 rating. Uh, I think overall it looks really good. I, I like the style of it. And uh, the uniforms overall, you know, I don't know what your rating on the uh, Battlehawk uniform. If you were to rate it 1 to 10. Um, I, I like it. I don't see anything wrong with it, so I would have to rate it a nine. I mean, I'm sure there's something in there that you could change or tweak. I know I was reading some of the people were saying, hey, we'd like to see the eagle a little bit smaller. But overall, man, it, I like it. I think they did a fantastic job, so I'm going to go with a nine. 
Yeah, and overall, all the uniforms, you know, they were all revealed this week. I got to tell you, out of the uh, eight teams that they have, there was one that stood above and beyond to me, and that was the Tampa Bay Vipers. They have some – I mean, it's a green color that it looks like they are ready to strike. But I I think out of all eight teams, that's probably the best uniform I've seen so far. I'd have to agree with you. Uh, I really like the colors, the the green. Uh, Of course, that goes back to an old high school of mine. Uh, We had those same colors. But, yeah, those colors pop. You're definitely going to see them when they hit the field, no question. Well, and I think if you really look back, and that's a, a poll that we're actually going to kind of have uh, later this week, uh, we're going to share a poll, kind of compare what XFL fans like better, the old uniforms from 2001 or the new uniforms. Right now, if I was to vote, I would say definitely the new uniforms. I really liked them. I thought they all have a distinct style. And it seems like there was a lot more thought that was put into their uniforms this go-round. I mean, the original 2001 had a couple teams that were pretty blah. I mean, it was pretty basic. But these have some style. I think they got colors that pop. I really like them compared to the original. Yeah, I think all the fans out there for every team, uh, regardless of what team you're going to be with, uh, you know, all the uniforms are really, really nice looking this year. Like I said, I, I, I love them all. Well, you know, like the originals, we're talking about the originals. There was only one of the original teams that I really liked, and that was the Memphis Maniacs. They had this, uh, it was almost like a light teal color, and uh, I thought it really popped. It was a really cool uniform. But the thing is, the team names and everything they had didn't really tie into their location. Like the Memphis Maniacs, how does that tie into Memphis at all? You know, uh, it's cool because how most of these team names, and the colors, they've tied them into a lot of the uh, local things that go on. And that it, you know, these, uh, it was, these uniforms were exclusively to represent the spirit of football fans and the city uh, of where they're going to be residing. Yeah, I, I think overall they did a pretty good job. I mean, rating it overall for the whole league, I would probably give it about a 7.5 to an 8 right now. Uh, and that's just all of them combined. And uh, we'll have a poll, of course, later this week. What would you rate the overall uh, uniform reveal for the XFL this week? Man, I, I, I would have to say, uh, it, again, nothing's ever perfect, but I think a nine. Like I said, because if you just look up Google XFL, you're going to pop up uniforms. They're going to show up. And if you're on social media, you're bound to see it. And then again, YouTube, you can go see the video. So overall, I think they did a fantastic job uh, revealing the uniforms. All right. Well, of course, uh, last week, and we'll have a poll this week on, but last week uh, we had a poll on the reveal of the new XFL ball. Uh, We did a comparison. Which do you like better, the new ball or the uh, ball from 2001? And we ended up having over 400 people that voted on our poll it actually still has a day left to go, but since we're shooting the show today, we're going to go ahead and uh, share the results. Uh, but the new ball actually won with 58% compared to 42% for the old ball. Um, that was actually a little bit closer than I thought it would be. I really thought the new ball was going to run away with it. I thought the old ball was a pretty cool ball. I thought it was a, a sexy-looking ball, if I could use that term. But it was – I know it was really hard to throw, and I'm really excited for the technology that they're using on this new football. Yeah, there's a great video uh, out there on the XFL page, I believe, is where I found it. Um, 
but talking about how the making of the football, uh, it, it, it's, there's quite, I was surprised. I, I gotta say, I didn't realize how much thought went into making the football, uh, down to the material, uh, the stitching. And what was cool about it, they actually got, uh, input from the quarterbacks and players on the ball. Yeah, and I think, you know, they're playing in this in the spring. So in the spring, you know you're going to have bad weather. Uh, you know it's probably going to be nasty at times. Uh, I think, except unless if you're in St. Louis, we're gonna be, they're going to be playing in a dome, so that's not going to matter. But especially a lot of these outdoor teams are going to have to deal with a lot of, a, a lot of the uh, environment that's going to be around them. And that was a problem with the offensive in the original XFL is that ball was a slick ball. So it was hard to throw if it was raining or if it was snowing or whatever. Uh, this I think is going to be a lot easy for them to throw and should make for better offense and a more exciting league. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, like you say, hopefully this football with all the, uh, it, it really looks like they took their time in developing it. So we're definitely going to see how well it's going to be. Come February, what, 9th, I believe it is? Uh, February 8th, but, I mean, it's February, right around the corner. I'm thinking uh, the Seattle – or, excuse me, I'm thinking the Battle Hawks. Their first game is February 9th. Yeah, that's correct. And um, But overall, you know, the new ball won the poll. Uh, but, you know, a lot of exciting things, of course, in the next few weeks. I know we're going to really be breaking down and talking about – a lot of the, uh, you know, information as it's coming out, especially with the rosters as they're being finalized and things like that. We're going to go a little bit more in depth. But uh, something I actually wanted to bring up as our main topic of the week that we're going to discuss is um, a question that, that a lot of people have been asking online, especially when it came to the cities that was selected. And one of the questions that's really been asked is, why not Memphis? Why why were some of the cities selected and some of the cities not selected? And one of the big questions is, why was Memphis not included with the uh, XFL in this go-around? So I want to take a minute to kind of talk over uh, the, uh, you know, maybe why Memphis wasn't selected. We've done a little research, and uh, I think we got some good information. And also, I think we got a little personal experience, especially, you know, I've been – to the Memphis uh, when they had the XFL team. And then also, you know, we had some experience last year with the AAF in Memphis. We sure did. Uh, a great time, actually, uh, when we got to go and s- over to Memphis co- and cover uh, the AAF. What a time that was. Yeah, it was a fun time. But, like, if you go back, Memphis is long. And, and you know, we like to talk about Memphis, too, because that's – a close area to us. It was, that was kind of our team when it came to the AAF and in 2001 with the original XFL, but uh, going back, Memphis actually had a team back in the old USFL league from 1984 to 1986, uh, the Memphis showboats and the Memphis showboats was a very, it was an outstanding team. Uh, You're talking, it had, you know, future NFL hall of famer, uh, Reggie White was a member of the Memphis Showboats. I, you know, uh, you know, talk about one of the greatest, if not the greatest, defensive player of all time, uh, playing for that Memphis team. And kind of looking at their their numbers, they had a pretty good following in '84 to '86. Uh, during those three years, they averaged twenty nine thousand two hundred seventy people uh, in attendance. So, uh, a lot of history going back to the old Memphis Showboats. 
But then in uh, 2001, uh, of course, uh, the Memphis would get another team with the uh, Memphis Maniacs. And that was the team I actually went and attended some of their games. Uh, you know, I got to actually a chance for to them to see them play against the LA Extreme in a game that Memphis actually won. It was one of the few losses the Extreme had all season. Uh, the Extreme would go on to win the championship. They were led by quarterback Tommy Maddox, uh, who ended up going back to the NFL uh, and two years later won NFL Comeback Player of the Year. So it was kind of the start of the rebirth of Tommy Maddox. He ended up winning a Super Bowl ring as a backup with the Steelers. But you know, despite their team that year finished five and five, uh, missed the playoffs. Um, they averaged their attendance was actually down from the old Memphis showboat attendance uh, from twenty nine thousand to twenty thousand three hundred ninety six. So out of the eight teams, they were ranked sixth. And I, you know, I can remember when I went to that game, I was like, "This is a great stadium for football." Back in two thousand one, and you know, the stadium was maybe. I think it holds 60,000. So, you know, you're looking at it's probably a third full. Uh, but, you know, it's like, hey, there's a lot of potential. Uh, as we all know, the uh, XFL ended up folding uh, not long after that. But then in 2019, Memphis got their third shot at a professional team uh, with the AAF. And uh, this was a team called the Memphis Express. I know, Joey, you and I got a chance to cover. I know this is an XFL show, but, you know, I think it's valid conversation uh, you know, the Memphis Express team, uh, we went over and attended that game, and I think it was a great setup. Oh, I do too. Uh, it was it was a great, great setup. Uh, from the moment we walked in, uh, it was like red carpet rolled out for you, and it was a great stadium. Uh, again, we were talking about uniforms. I think Memphis had great branding. Uh, the Everything that we experienced there, or in, in my opinion, I thought was, was awesome. Um, I, I, I hated to see it when they announced that they were folding. Well, of course, that Memphis team was coached by uh, NFL Hall of Famer Mike Singletary. Uh, you know, it was a team that had some talent. Uh, quarterback Christian Hackenberg, quarterback Brandon Silvers. Uh, and then later in the year, uh, of course, they had quarterback, I'm sorry, Zach Mettenberger, too, who actually quarterbacked the game that we won the games we attended. Uh, but then they ended up adding another quarterback as well. Uh, with Johnny Manziel, the former Johnny football, they ended up adding him. And I know when we went over to see them play, something that was really, um, something that was really shocking uh, for us. Uh, of course, we were there for their first win in franchise history when they won twenty six to twenty three over the San Diego uh, Fleet. However, you know we noticed when we got there the attendance was really down and it's like even despite adding a uh johnny football john man johnny manzel the support just really didn't seem like it was there despite the uh, great setup yeah you're right like i said this the stadium was was appeared to be pretty empty um of course it's a big stadium but you're right on that there just wasn't uh, and, and again, the fan. This isn't nothing against the fans that were there and diehard fans because they're they're definitely. We met some. We were there. We interviewed some. There were some diehard Memphis Express fans, and I'm sure they're as sick as we were when they had to fold. But overall, uh, to be able to support a team, it just there wasn't enough fan base there to to do that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know the uh, 
you know, when they had the Memphis Memphis Showboats, uh, which I forgot to mention too, they were also had former professional wrestler Lex Luger was a Memphis Showboat. So that's something a lot of people might not realize too is, uh, you know, you got a future pro football Hall of Famer, and then also more than likely a future uh, wrestling Hall of Famer in the total package Lex Luger played for him. I didn't know that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Memphis is kind of a medium-sized market. You know, they have about 650,000 people. But, you know, with the uh, surrounding uh, suburbs and rural areas, you know, you people have always thought Memphis would be very attractive to the NFL. And, you know, and even with the XFL, you know, I mean, I was just really disappointed in the sport. I liked having the team in Memphis. I really, I really was excited for the Express. They had, I thought, the coolest logo in the AAF. But bottom line, I mean, only 12,958 people were showing up per game. And it wasn't the weather. The weather was nice. When we were there, the, the game, we were there, it was beautiful. Uh, I mean, you know, it was cloudy, but I mean, it was, it was not cold. It was not bad out there. No, it was beautiful weather. Uh, like I say, you could, you could blame it on a lot of things. Uh, there just wasn't the turnout, you know, that we've seen there anyways, that it was going to take to, to be able to, to continue having that a team be successful anyways. Um, you know, you can win football games and maybe – Maybe you could blame it on marketing uh, because when we were there, they were doing some things or announcing some things. Like I best, I think it was like a what was it? Maybe like a, a tailgate party where they're going to have vendors and stuff coming to the next game uh, to try to get more people to the to the uh, stadium. But uh, when we were there, it, it there just wasn't the the support it was going to take to make a team successful. And ultimately, I think that's a lot of it. You know, people have said, well, you know, why did the XFL not have another team in Memphis? I think if you look at the straight numbers, they went from 29,000 to 20,000. Their last team, 12,000. These There's not enough support to warrant it. So when you're looking, if you're going to pick Memphis or St. Louis, I can understand why the XFL said, hey, we, we tried it in Memphis. It didn't take off. Um, like when I went to the Maniacs game back in 2001, yeah, there was no marketing. There was nothing going on on the outside. And the AAF, like you said, it might have been too much, too little, too late. They started to try to put things together to try to promote people to come. And I think they were doing like a shoe thing. And I don't know. They were trying a bunch of different things at the end. But it was too late. It should have been done early on. The fans that were there were awesome. And nothing against them. And I don't want anyone to think, hey, because, you know, we interviewed a couple fans there that were awesome after the game. They were so pumped up. The problem is there just wasn't enough. So a lot of people have asked me, they said, well, did the XFL make the right decision in picking St. Louis over Memphis? I say, hey, they've tried it three times in Memphis. If it was going to go, they would have a lot higher numbers than what they had. I think it was the right choice for them to go with St. Louis, especially a team that just lost their NFL team. So, you know, you know they're hungry for football. You're right. And you, you said it, I think, uh, making the choice to go to St. Louis is a smart choice because it's, it was a calculated one. You know, they've got results from Memphis. Uh, they had, like you said, three attempts. So going to St. Louis, it, it makes sense. Well, and looking at the pricing, too, I know, uh, like like we mentioned, the first St. Louis Battle Hawks home game is going to be against the New York Guardians. It's going to be on February 23rd. It's going to be at the Dome. Um, and, you know, pulling up the ticket, 
I, I can tell you, you know, from tickets with the AAF compared to the XFL, the XFL looks to be much more reasonable. Um, you know, you're looking right now, I'm looking at a ticket range from 24 to $138, and you're going to be pretty close. And the majority of the tickets are $24 a piece. So I think that's a very smart move by the XFL trying to win some fans over in this first season. I agree with that. Uh, definitely keep the ticket prices down. Build your fan base. They're doing a good job with that. So marketing right now from the release of the uniforms, the release of the videos for the team videos. I'm also seeing a lot of uh, uh, T-shirts and fans uh, for fans. Uh, so building around the teams, building up their apparel right now. So branding is, is a big thing. They're doing a good job with that. So, again, coming in, having low prices for getting into these games, hey, I think at the end that could pay off big. Well, and while I'm sad, I, I am sad that Memphis did not get a team. I think it was the right choice by the XFL. I don't know. What about you, Joe? You think that was the right choice? Absolutely. I think going to St. Louis like, is the, smart, the, the smarter choice for sure. Well, no and- question for me. And that's something that a lot of the other teams, when you look at the, uh, you know, a lot of the teams that are in the XFL now, um, that's been a concern with a lot of teams, uh, a lot of people that's not in the league. They're saying, well, the XFL, that was, uh, have done a different strategy this time. They they have gone to team cities where there are um, NFL teams at, you, you know, especially St. Louis isn't one of them. But, you know, you're looking at New York, uh, looking at Tampa Bay. You know, they have the Buccaneers. Now they'll have the Vipers. Seattle um, has their own uh, NFL team. It seems like the strategy in all these previous spring leagues has been always put a team in a city where they don't already have an NFL team so you're not competing, even though it's different times of the year they're playing. But it seems more like, hey, we want to go in those cities because we already know they have a big fan base. Yeah, that that's smart. And like you said, St. Louis is the only one without it. And so this is opportunity for the St. Louis uh, Battlehawks for the fans there to rally. Now you, you're going to have a football team uh, in the XFL. So we hope to see that fans that come. We hope to see the fans will come out in droves and really support the XFL. Because without the fans the team won't stay. The, the team can't exist. Yeah, and of course, the the roster right now of teams, you got the St. Louis Battlehawks, which is going to be a team we're going to follow closely because that's the closest team to us. You have the Dallas Renegades, the Tampa Bay Vipers, uh, the D.C. Defenders, the New York Guardians, uh, also the Los Angeles Wildcats, the Houston Roughnecks, the Seattle Dragons. So every team that's in that league, you know, Dallas Renegades, you got the Dallas Cowboys. Tampa Bay Vipers, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, D.C. Defenders, you got the Washington Redskins. New York Guardians, you got the Jets and the Giants. The Los Angeles Wildcats, you have the Rams there now. The Houston uh, team, you know, you have a Houston uh, NFL team there as well. Seattle Dragons, you got the Seahawks there. So St. Louis, which that's one reason why I think I'm really excited about, they're the only team in this XFL go-round that does not have an NFL team, and I think that gives them a big advantage. People did not like it with the Rams left. They liked having the Rams there. They were passionate. They supported it. They sold out the place all the time, even though when the Rams had some bad teams. They had some great teams, too. They won a Super Bowl there. So we know there's a base 
we're just hoping they're going to come out and support the Battle Hawks. Yeah, you're right. Like I said, when uh, we have a, a good friend that uh, loves, and I said love the St. Saint, uh, Saint Louis, and when the team left, yeah, he was sick, absolutely sick. So uh, we're going to have to get him on board, get him talking about the XFL, and uh, get him to be a, maybe a St. Louis Battle Hawks fan. Yeah, we're going to have to get him to come out and, uh, you know, hopefully join us. And we are looking at uh, going up and uh, attending them. Uh, even possibly we're going to try reaching out. Maybe we can reach out to some of the players and get some interviews. Uh, we want to continue to reach up to them. But uh, right now, uh, around the XFL, uh, before we head out, we're almost done for today's show. Uh, but around the XFL, uh, also this week, mini camps have started. So football is starting to be played. Uh, the mini caps camps are going to go about 10 days. So uh, I know like on the uh, St. Louis battle Hawks, they were getting to use the new XFL ball for the first time today. So I, I think they're pretty, uh, pretty excited about it. And we're going to really be uh, over the next few weeks, breaking down the rosters once everything is finalized on the rosters. Uh, but then also we're going to do some retro episodes, uh, the rise and the fall of the original XFL and also the rise and the fall of the AAF. Because I think you got to talk about that, don't you, Joey? I mean, to understand about, you know, what maybe things they did that could affect how the XFL is going to run their business. Oh, I think uh, that's, a, that's a definite. And I'm sure the XFL uh, has, has done, done that as well. You know, what, what did we do wrong in the past? And I'm sure they looked at the AAF. What did they do right? What did they do wrong? I think the AAF had a lot of great things going for them. Uh, you know, I love – I mean, this. I really loved the audio that they had uh, on the field. Uh, I thought that was great. Uh, I liked the production. Uh, when you watched it on TV, it was solid. And when you were there in person live, like I said, it, it was it was great. I, I, I just was like I said, I was sick when they had when they pulled the plug. But the, it was uh, you know, money. Uh, so if the money isn't there, <laughs> you're not you're not going to you're not going to be there. Well, the good thing for the XFL, it appears this time, uh, especially with Vince McMahon, uh, there's about 500 million reasons why they should be able to at least last a few years. Exactly. And that's what I mean. If the money's not there, you're not. So he's got the money. The money's there. I think the XFL is going to be around for a little while. All right. Well, Joey the Dragon, appreciate you joining us on on our second episode as we – Kind of talked uniforms, the ball. Also, you know, why not Memphis? And, I mean, I hate to say it, but, yeah, I mean, Memphis, you guys had your chance. You know, maybe down the road if they do a second round of, and add, if they expand in the future, uh, maybe I think Memphis is a viable candidate in the future. But I totally understand why they went with St. Louis uh, compared with Memphis on this round. I absolutely agree. And like I said, Battle Hawks, St. Louis – Battle Hawks are going to take flight on February 9th, opening their season on the road against Dallas Renegades. Can't wait. Yeah, we can't wait. And and before we head out, of course, uh, Joey the Dragon and I, we cover local high school sports as well. Um, uh, got a lot coming up in this next week as we're going to be covering a basketball. we got some basketball. We have the ICC Cougars coming to Cotter on Tuesday night. It should be a good one, Joey. 
I think it will be. There's uh, some of the top talent in the state uh, coming out of that uh, out of ICC, which is crazy because it's such a small school. But some of the top players in in our state are at ICC, and they will be coming to Cotter to take on our Cotter Warriors. So you can tune in and watch that on the Twin Lakes Sports Network and uh, make sure that you go in, you like our page, share our page. And if this is your first time tuning in, hey, let us know how we did. Feel free to uh, reach in. Give us that five-star rating, though. That helps us out. And be sure to share the XFL podcast around. But, uh, you know, Joey, I'll go ahead. I I think we need to make this a joint instead of just me closing. I I think I'll start it out and I'll let you finish it. But from the loose cannon, David McBee, Joey the Dragon Shaw, Go out and do something nice for someone because your tomorrows are never guaranteed. All right. Have a great week, XFL fans. We'll be back again next week with the rise and the fall of the AAF. Have a good night. All right, man.